Seinfeld. The abstinence is over, but we're just getting started here on Seinfeld, the post-show recap. And now, here are the two guys that, if Seinfeld lore proved true, would be two of the smartest guys around. I'm Rob Sussman. Here's Akiva Winokur. Akiva, how are you? Yeah, people were saying after last week's episode, like, how do you guys not know, like, that the chicken roaster is, like, there's a lot of allusions to Apocalypse Now. Like, yeah. and if you want movie experts, clearly we're not your guys. Yeah. But if you want abstinence ex- experts, yes. we're here for you. Yes, a subject we know a lot about here today. We're talking about the abstinence. Yeah, and I did read uh, those comments uh, this morning. Yeah, uh, at Freddie Physical, always killing us on Twitter about the Seinfeld post show recap. One of the most vocal critics of the Seinfeld post show recap. Yeah, truly one of our only haters. But uh, <laughs> sometimes love, he's a lover. So I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> just like paint him with a hater brush because sometimes, sometimes that he is very effusive with his praise, but other times uh, just really killing us. I'm happy for anyone who's listening, lover or hater. Yes. Okay. You don't mind the hate listens? No, I, I, I wish we had more haters. Yeah, we need more hate listeners. I think that that'll be a goal for the second time around. It's like the Howard Stern thing. You know, the people who like you, they listen for 20 minutes. The people who hate you, they listen to the whole show. Yeah, they want to hear what you're going to say next so that they can come after you. All right. So here we are, Keith, ready to talk about another fun episode here in season eight. The abstinence, of course, where George ends up not having sex. He gets very smart. Elaine is not having sex. She ends up getting dumb. Uh, Salt Goodman is here. So much going on. Yeah, a lot of guest stars. There's uh, a lot of scenes, about as many as we've had in any episode of the series. It it really is a jam-packed episode. Yeah, a lot to get to. So before we touch on the episode, Keeve, do we have some actual Seinfeld news this week? Yeah, haven't had any a while, but uh, we'll get we'll have a little Jerry related Seinfeld, or really Jerry related news. Jerry's uh, comedians and cars getting coffee is heading from from Crackle to Netflix. Okay, um, I would say right now go out and sell your stock in Crackle because <laughs> I don't know what else is on there or if it even still exists. Sony owns it, and and Sony owns comedians and cars getting coffee. So I, you know, they're they're just taking it from one hand and giving it to the other, but like. Uh, the show is going to Netflix. All the reruns, they're doing 24 new episodes for Netflix. And I think a key part of it is that Jerry is giving them his next two stand-up specials. Netflix is getting very yeah. uh, big into the stand-up game. They have Dave Chappelle stand-up coming in and Almost Jerry's next two specials. hard to find anything else on Netflix than the stand-up. I mean, they have they have the Netflix shows and they have the stand-up and then they have like the wacky true crime documentaries and stuff. Yes, and I believe you said on the 32 Fans podcast and like the worst movies that you could ever find. Yeah, they have the rights to like the thousand worst movies ever made. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, so I'm on Crackle.com right now, and I think the the main thing that they're promoting on Crackle is they have an original Crackle movie starring Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen is hashtag winning in the great outdoors in this tale of courage, family, and untold stupidity, streaming now on Crackle. I See, they've done a really bad PR job because... I did not know there was a Charlie Sheen out there movie out there in the ether. Did you? <laughs> I had no idea. I mean, it must be. I mean, did, that description didn't make it sound like the worst thing ever. What's it called? Mad Families. I mean, that's so generic. Like, it, I really. Yeah. How did that not get back? Like, it must not even like if, if it's really terrible. I feel like people would be tweeting about it. 
No, people don't even know about it. I, I wonder if it's one of those things where um, where like a lot of times now they'll make a movie and they're like, hey, I don't know if we're going to make money for it. So they'll sell it to like Netflix or Amazon or one of these services. Yeah. The, the tagline is Los Jonas, the Joneses and the Joneses. Mm-hmm. And it's three families, one campsite. May the best and best is X'd out to worst. May the worst family win. Yeah, and Charlie Sheen appears to be holding like a fishing pole that has like yeah. a bottle of booze at the end. So I don't know if who he's uh, catching with that. Yes, and then there's like a fire behind them, and then above <laughs> the fire is either a porta potty, okay, or a pack of cigarettes. I can't tell. All right, uh, Akiva, how many retweets does uh, this episode of the Seinfeld Post Show Recap need to get before we podcast about mad families? Like, if you mean just one, like hey, this we episode. Didn't have- People tweeting okay. out this episode. Wait, so you you tweet about it, and how many people retweet you? Is that yeah. the deal? Yeah, yeah. I have to make it a big number because we're like, I really don't want to watch this movie. <laughs> Two hundred. I'm willing to. Two hundred. Two hundred retweets. We do a Mad Families podcast <laughs> next week. I will be on the lookout for my tweet about this episode. I'll use the word "mad" and "family" in it, and then <laughs> two hundred. If you're the two hundredth retweeter. Oh, uh, you get a mad family's pocket. People probably don't even want this. Right. That's true. Is there a way to like like negative retweet? People are going to be like looking at the retweet list if it gets up to 150 and being like, hey, delete that retweet. We got to get these numbers down. That's right. All right. The world uh, does not need it. Yeah. <laughs> and so many stand up specials on uh, Netflix as well. I did watch the Dana Carvey uh, Netflix stand up special, which was fun. But I think I've I've heard so many Dana Carvey podcast interviews over the last like two or three months when he was promoting it that I felt like I already knew every single joke that he was going to do. Still fun. Yeah, I I do one with Jerry. Like Jerry's famous that he's not like super into new material. So it's interesting that he's coming out with two new specials. That's not that's not really Jerry's M.O. these last uh, bunch of years. Yeah. One other take on comedians in cars getting coffee. I like it. It's fun, but I think I would like it more if it was edited less. Like I don't like it where it's like, all right, Here's one minute of this conversation. Then here's one minute talking about something else and then shot of coffee and then one minute talking about something else. I don't like that it's sort of like clips. I would much rather hear an hour long conversation with the person in the coffee shop. Right. That would just be a video podcast. But I agree it would probably be more interesting. Like there's only it's only, like there's a level of funniness you could get to if you're literally seeing 30 to 90 seconds of a conversation, uh, especially like he had the president like. How much boring stuff can happen with the present? Like, just show that whole thing, you know? Yeah, who cares? All right. But that's, uh, I guess, a different thing. I guess it's harder to sell that as a TV show. But here we are, Kiva. Let's get into talking about the abstinence. And so this episode is from November 21st, 1996, written by Steve Corin. Yeah, first first episode for the great Steve Corin. Um, I looked him up. Like, I look up every writer, see if maybe they'd want to come on the podcast. Uh, has not tweeted in uh, eight years. Okay. Wow. So he got in early and said, stuck his toe in the water and said, you know what? This is not for me. Yes. He's the writer of uh, Bruce Almighty, Click, and the great movie Superstar. Yeah. I think Molly Shannon. Okay. Uh, and also Jack and Jill, of course, uh, a notorious film in the Survivor podcasting world where they won that as a reward, the chance to go see that in Survivor South Pacific. Uh, yeah. So uh, this is his first... Um, this is first episode. He's also in, uh, he's in the millennium as Steve Corrin. So <laughs> okay. We'll Steve Corrin look out for that. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, uh, here we go. We start off with again, another non sequitur type scene. 
Jerry and George are talking about if there was a plane crash. George asks, who would Jerry eat first, him or Kramer? Jerry says he would eat Kramer. A very strange answer, right? Yeah, it is a strange answer. And I guess that this is the similar part of George's personality as when he was wanted to join the cult, the sunshine cleaners. Why didn't they ask me? He's very upset. Why don't you want to eat me? Why would you eat Kramer? He's stringy. He's nice and plump and juicy. Yeah, it's just insecurity. But right, generally the stereotype is you eat the fat guys. This is also, I don't know when the movie Alive came out, but this is, you know, the conversation is very much like the movie Alive where the soccer team crashes. I think it's based on a true story. Yeah, peak Alive, I think, time. This is peak Alive time? Well, 1993 is Alive, but I think it was still very much in the conversation. Yeah, are you, it was a long tale for the movie Alive. Are you, uh, are we ready? Is the world ready? For a remake of Alive. Hmm. Or another similar like people eating people movie. Mm, I wonder. I feel like that maybe that milieu has already been explored too much with like zombie culture. Yeah. But what about like people eating people? People eating people. <sighs> you know what, Keith? I think I'm out on all the post-apocalyptic uh, type disaster stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of that. Need a feel good yeah. story in 2017. Yeah, that's right. That, that's a thing of the past. We don't need any more Mad Maxes or The Roads. We want uh, we want like comedies or, um, you know, or at least people we're ready like, it, for it. There could be people you could have like Manchester by the sea. It just can't be like a dystopian nightmare. <laughs> yeah, we're done with that <laughs> in film. So, Keith, uh, anything else on Jerry and George talking about uh, who they're going to eat? Did we get email questions of who would the listeners rather eat me or you? Um, I don't think we did. Okay. I'm like, how come Elaine is not in there? Yeah, I guess so. Um, uh. I mean, it's 2016. You know, you could eat another man's uh, flesh for sustenance and nobody would, you know, look at you the wrong way. Right. Or woman's. Yeah. It's, it's, we again uh, that this is gender eating society. Right. Yeah. Post gender eating society. All right. So let's get into this uh, episode. We start off. Our first line is that we hear from George's girlfriend. I believe her name is Louise. Uh, Louise. I'm sorry. And uh, she's I can't have sex. It's mono. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I, you don't hear much about mono. Mono no. has like a bad publicist. Yeah. Similar to uh, the Charlie Sheen movie. It doesn't get enough PR nowadays. Did they cure mono? No, they definitely didn't cure it. They didn't cure mono. There's no vaccination or anything against mono, right? I haven't heard it. And I, it is the type of thing. It's like the kissing disease, right? Like, yeah. if you get it and you stay in the same room as somebody, like, you, they will, they will get it. And then it's, like, annoying because you get it's. I don't think it's deadly in most scenarios, but, like, you have it for six to eight weeks. I think my mom had it and, like, missed, like, two months of work, like, ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, it really knocks you on your ass when you get it. Now, my college roommate came down with a case of the mono key oh so did you move out no i didn't move out i was like well well what's what's gonna happen now what's gonna happen with this i mean uh, it's not airborne you know there needs to be some sort of like you drink out of either the same glass or kissing disease as you said it and here in this case uh we have louise saying that uh, no sex is involved but i was i remember being very upset about this you know, as many people know from some conversations uh, that I've had with my wife where we gotten into fights about things where she tells me that she thinks she's coming down with X disease and I ask if I'm going to get it. It's a natural thing to ask. And I remember being very distraught that my roommate here has mono. Did you go to the school or like an RA and try and move out or get him kicked out until he got rid of the mono? No, I didn't try to get him out. But the thing was that that sort of just like sunk him. This was my first semester of freshman year at college. 
And then after that, he was done. He would he did he never came back. And then I had a single for uh, the second semester of my college, which also uh, that coincidentally, much like this episode, was also um, that I, I'm this is a, I'm trying to figure out a way to say that it didn't matter uh, that I had a single room by myself. <laughs> Yeah, there was a lot of abstinence still going on, even though I I didn't have a roommate. Um, Wait, well, he failed out of school, I think, after mod. I don't know if. Oh, and what happened to this guy? Who knows? I never heard from him ever again. You know his name? I feel like you should look him up. You don't have to say his name. You should look him up and give us an update for next week's podcast. Boy, I know his first name was Rich, and I I couldn't tell you what his last name was off the top of my head. I bet I have to really think about it. That's so sad that he failed out. Yeah, it was pre-Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, I never, I never, you know, I never uh, touched base with him ever again. He used to watch, like, uh, Star Wars movies every single day on VHS. Oh, so he's really cool. Okay. (laughs) Is that why he failed out? Too much Star Wars movies? Not enough studying? No, he got the mono, and then that really sunk him. He never, he just, like, couldn't get out of bed and go to class anymore. Yeah, but then, like, why didn't he get some sort of medical exemption or something? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe his parents said, like, you know, enough of this. Not throwing good money after bad. When my first year dorming, a guy showed up with mono, and um, he didn't tell the school, but it's like, why do you get that? And he was, like, living with some girl for six weeks. His parents were away for the summer. And then, like, a bunch of guys got mono. Yeah. There was a lot of kissing going on, I guess. I don't know. I guess so. (laughs) Now, Going back to Georgia's situation here with Louise, I have mono. We can't have sex. I get no kissing. Uh, protected sex. This is still going to be a problem. Like I'm. Yeah, no I medical. mean, if your bodies are touching each other, I feel like you're getting mono. You, just even by t- like touch, just like uh, yeah. we're holding hands. I'm getting mono. I, I uh, we need Dr. Thomas on the case here. Write in next week and let us know. Yeah, I'd like somebody in the medic, one of our medical correspondents, to weigh in on this. Uh, so six weeks, this is going to be a problem. So George is back at Jerry's apartment uh, sometime after this and is explaining what the situation is and why he doesn't want to break up with her. He doesn't want to be one of those guys like us. Uh, Elaine comes in. Big news, Keeve. Elaine's dating a doctor. Uh, yeah, he is. Uh, what's it called? I mean, I guess he must have introduced himself to her as a doctor. But then when she says you're a doctor at the restaurant, like he says, I'm not a doctor. So I wonder at what point. Like he lead, he clearly leads with doctor, but then when pressed, he, ad- he immediately admits he's not a doctor. Yeah, that's interesting. Do you think that they were sort of like fixed up where, oh, he's uh, going to be a doctor or he's in medical school? Like, oh, a doctor. And she just like sort of like leapt the conclusions. Maybe the matchmaker said, oh, he's a doctor or like the friend mm-hmm. of a friend. Yeah. Yeah. OK, so Jerry thought that the dream of dating a doctor was debunked. Uh, and Elaine says it's not debunked. It's totally bunked. And we get into a conversation of bunk versus debunked. But why does Jerry think that the dream of dating a doctor was debunked? No, I don't know what that means. Like maybe if you were like, well, doctors don't make as much money as they used to. But that's more of like a people complaining in like, you know, 20 years later type thing. I don't I, I don't know. I don't know why it would be debunked. Like people still like dating doctors. Yeah. Was it debunked for Elaine? Did she have a bad experience with a doctor? Oh, maybe that's what he means. Maybe it's like you're you know, you've had a bad experience with doctors, but I don't maybe know. Maybe after a doctor read her chart and that she was difficult, maybe that that was when it got debunked. But anyway, so Jerry gets a phone call from Katie, the manager who we last saw what in what is the name of that episode where Kramer is gambling in the airport? Was that the pilot? No, the airport, I mean. Something like that. Yeah. And so, okay, here's Katie. She's back and uh, she has something on Tuesday in Dayton for Jerry. That's in Ohio, Keeve. Yeah. So is uh, Akron in Cincinnati and Harambe used to be there. (laughs) All right. 
So Jerry can't go to Ohio. He is doing career day at his old junior high. Do you find it odd that Jerry doesn't blow off career day to go take the gig? I, I'd say in general, like it's not like he he doesn't care about the kids, but I feel like he wants to go back as like as a conquering champion to his junior high school and say like, oh, you guys thought I would make nothing of me. Look at me. I'm a famous comedian. OK, George was not asked to do career day, even though he works for the world champion 1996 New York Yankees. Yeah, you'd think he'd have some cachet, but, uh, you know, I guess he didn't make he didn't make the list. And like, what is he going to say? Like, if you want to be the assistant to the traveling secretary, here's what to do. Yeah, say the opposite of what you were going to say. I mean, he would be pretty good, but, uh, I, you know, I don't know, I don't know uh, if they're going to invite George Costanza. Okay, so Jerry is waiting to go on at the junior high, and so the guy from the Bronx Zoo was there with, what does he have, an iguana? I think, well, there's crickets and a lizard. By the way, uh, the, uh, Katie was in the Diplomats Club, sorry, not, the, not Club. the airport. Yes, um, okay. the, terrible name. The, yeah, the... Um, He's got crickets and there's some sort of lizard, I think, involved. I don't know. We don't see it. Okay, so they bump Jerry from the junior high. Can you come back tomorrow? Keeve, was this based on any truth of somebody uh, supposed to be on a talk show and then got bumped so they ran out of time? I think it's more of a general thing than, you know, there's there was nothing in um, the inside look about being bumped. I think it's just more of like a comedian thing, especially before you're really big. You know, you like if you're a comedian. And you there was actually a news story this week where Jerry and Aziz Ansari and Amy Schumer and I think Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle all showed up at the Comedy Cellar and did um, like back to back to back um, like sets. And I'm sure people got bumped for those five people. And, you know, but I'm sure Jerry, the beginning of his career, got bumped for whoever was bigger than him at the time. Like it just happens to comedians. Okay. So we go to Elaine, and she is on a date. And Keeve, looky here, Bob Odenkirk is here. Uh, yeah, it, it's you could like tell by the voice, but he looks so different. <laughs> he looks very different. Now, I this was one of those things where I knew it, but I sort of forgot that I knew it. And so, wow, Elaine Bennis has dated both Walter White and Saul Goodman. Yeah, and I don't think Giancarlo Esposito's in Seinfeld. <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah. No Mike Ermintrout for Elaine? No, we don't have uh, Aaron Paul was like three. So hopefully he's not in here, <laughs> but maybe she could babysit him. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, could we get a, a young Hank? Um, what? Anna Gunn? Is she in? Is she in uh, Seinfeld? No, I feel I, I feel like she is. But maybe I'm thinking of something else. No, I think um, yeah, I think she is. Yeah. I think oh, yeah. She she's in the glasses. The she's in yeah. the glasses. <laughs> yeah. But she doesn't date Elaine. That would be we'd remember that episode. Yeah. I mean, at some point, every single working actor in the 90s is in Seinfeld. So it's not really like, oh, my God, can you believe it? But yeah, so here he is. And now uh, he is a doctor. Uh, yeah. And a gun was with uh, with Cousin Jeffrey. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's he's uh, he, I mean, you're not a doctor until when you, I guess until you pass this last test. I'm not sure when you become a doctor. It's mm-hmm. not like the bar. I don't know exactly what the. Uh, but it's the same thing as a lawyer before they pass the bar. I mean, I don't know. I think as a doctor, if you're not licensed, you can still work. Maybe you just can't take insurance. I don't know. There's like if you finish medical school, but you don't pass the test, I think you can actually um, or you go to medical school in like Guadalajara, but you don't pass the test here. You can work. Just the insurances won't take you. You have to be like, you know, you have to be private. Okay, so that he's taken the test three times. Elaine says, basically, your doctor. She wants to know, can she introduce him to people as a doctor? Yeah, that's all she needs. It doesn't matter if he's going and fixing people. 
I do wonder what he does as a job while he's like sitting there studying for his test. But like, does he work at like a, you know, a Costco or something? Or is he like working in the medical field as an intern? Uh, that we don't know. We don't know exactly how he makes ends meet. But we go to George and Louise sitting on the couch. George touches her leg. She just yells out, Mono. Yeah, that's the whole scene. That's the whole scene. All right. So George is then at Monks with Jerry. You expect him to be really complaining about the whole situation. But he says, you know what? You can learn a lot about a person just by conversing. Keeve, have you found this to be the case? I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> All right. So Kramer comes in, wants to know about career day. Uh, and Jerry explains how the lizard guy went long. And Kramer is saying, hey, they're screwing with your head. That's what they're doing at that junior high school. Uh, yeah, I, I do. I like it's so random. But when he throws this Radio Shack joke in, it's amazing. Yeah, it does seem like that Kramer is ready, like hook, line and sinker for fake news, even in 1996. Oh, yeah. Well, would he think everything's fake news or he's ready to eat up the fake news? He's ready to eat it up because he's already way into any conspiracy theory. That's true. Yeah, the conspiracy theory people will believe. I mean, I guess that's who believes the fake news, right? It's people, the same people who love conspiracy theories. Yeah, if you're really impressionable, I think then sort of like anything that gets thrown out to you, you don't question the source. It's like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Why do they need the phone number for the batteries? Yeah. Which, by the way, is a good question. That's like a legitimate question. I don't know. But if they really had a whole thing going on with getting your phone number, they wouldn't be practically out of business by now. Well, they're just inept. Listen, sometimes people <laughs> cheat and they still lose. Like yeah. there is a Patriots who went two and 14, like a version of the Patriots of a team that was bad. They just never got caught because no one cared to tell on them because they stunk. <laughs> All right, Keith. So the way, by the way, it's like the guys who took steroids in baseball. And like the, when people started getting caught, it wasn't like all the sluggers, right? Just as often as like a hitter who hits 50 home runs. It's a guy who like a second baseman right. who has one career home run who gets caught. Right. Jeremy Giambi took steroids, too. Well, that was like more of like an Ozzy Canseco type. Like, I want to be as good as my brother. <laughs> okay. So let's go back to uh, Kramer, who lights up a cigar in Monks. And everybody's like, Kramer, what are you doing? You can't do this in here. So at what point does smoking really become taboo in a public restaurant? Say, in the first season of Seinfeld, could somebody have been smoking cigarettes in the diner? I think between when the show started and now, uh, it's, now I don't know or if it's 1996? A, 19, well, we're 1996 for the purposes of this podcast. Okay. Um, the, between 89 and 96, it's, it's gone from like banned in a couple places to like it's up to the restaurants, but most restaurants are banning it. I'm just guessing here also. But yeah, I wasn't paying a lot of attention to smoking in 1996, but I think that's what it is. I mean, if they had any idea where it would get now, I mean, you literally can't smoke outside of a casino. I don't think you could smoke anywhere indoors i mean there's probably like apartment buildings in in manhattan that you're not allowed to smoke in yeah i think that a casino i think is the only place and even there's even like smoke-free sections in casinos and probably smoke-free casinos yeah i mean stadiums uh you know you can't even smoke in well some of them have smokers places i'm not sure if all of them have like a smoking section yeah i think it depends where you are uh, i want to say city field can you smoke anywhere i i don't know i mean i've never looked for it yeah so I don't know. I don't even know uh, where you can smoke. It used to be like at Shea, like in the stairwells and stuff like that, even before they uh, shut that down. But I, I don't even know where. So Kramer really feels ostracized. They tell him, you can't smoke in here. You got to go outside. And then uh, they, they tell him 
that you can't do it. It's against the law and it bothers people. Jerry has a really good line. He says, you can make all the laws you want. He's still going to bother people. You know, you know what has the uh, best smoking section? The best smoking section. Yeah. Hell. No, uh, the movie The Mask. Yes. <laughs> okay. There you go. That's a Harris Whittles joke. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> so then Kramer goes outside. He meets another guy who was kicked out for smoking. And so they bond. Kramer makes a friend. Uh, there's a lot of smokers out there. They all, I guess those people all got kicked out of Monk. I feel like that's the guy's full-time job is just kicking out the smokers. That's, that's the problem when you make a new law, right? Like you spend yeah. all your time enforcing it. I got the sense that those people were kicked out of various other establishments on the street, not all kicked out of monks. Yeah, that would be a lot of kickouts for one for one restaurant one or, afternoon. But yeah, or not uh, necessarily that, that they were kicked out of places, but they were just people that knew the smoking law and they were out sure. on the street smoking. Yeah, they've just been ostracized from yeah. where, where they were supposed to. And I'm not sure if it's the case anymore, but I used to smoke. And it's very social where it's like you're outside and it's all you have like a bond with all the smoking people. I think that's why people smoke, right? Like if you were the only person at a uh, at like an office that smoked, you would be less inclined to smoke. But like you could be friends with the like, let's say it's a big office. There's 30 people. There's four smokers. Those are going to be your friends, right? Yeah. You're going to take smoke breaks with them. Oh, hey, uh, Jane, you're going out for a smoke. Like I'm coming with you. Yeah, it looks cool. I have to be honest. Yeah. Like, I understand people doing any drug at this point more than cigarettes. Okay. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know necessarily uh, 20 years ago if, you know, all about, I think it's, you know, it's real, even like amongst young people, I think it's really frowned upon. Even, even now, I think that uh, there's, it's, you know, mostly, I think most of the smokers, I think, are people who just never quit smoking. I don't know how many new smokers. Uh, well, there has to be some. Board. I mean, it's not some. like I haven't heard anything about like Philip Morris going out of business. Yeah, but like, you know, the, people are still smoking. Like the percentage of 20 year olds that smoke, you know, 20 years ago, I feel like may have been maybe, uh, you know, 25 percent. And now I, I can't imagine. What is it? Is it 5 percent? Is it 10 percent? Right. Think about like I could think about how many people I know that smoke cigarettes and it's one versus how many people smoke pot, which is much, much, much more than one. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, that's a whole different conversation. And maybe Kramer's apartment might have been even more popular if that was the way. You know, if we were going to do some sort of like modern Seinfeld, you know, if Kramer applies for the permit to sell, like have like a marijuana dispensary in his apartment, I think now you got a story. Right. Yeah, that that would be then there'd be a real waiting list. Yeah. You know, a lot of people out in the hallway. All right. But that being said. Let's go back to Jerry at the school. He's all excited. He's going to go on. And they offer him a graham cracker, but then fire drill. He has to leave. I like that they make Jerry walk in the single file line out of the school. It is funny. Fire drills are the worst part of like elementary schools. Yeah, they still do a lot. I think they still do fire drills. Yeah, they still do. Uh, fire wait, drills. are there still fires? I think there's still then, fires. Yeah, then I think they do fire drills. Okay. Yeah. All right. So going back to Jerry's apartment, uh, a lot of stuff going on here. A lot of moving parts. So jeopardy is on george is watching jeopardy holding a rubik's cube was that a bit too much to give george a rubik's cube also i, I don't think so because like he's also not talk. like there's a lot going on in the scene like he's talking while kramer's running in and jerry's saying stuff so like when he's not doing the jeopardy stuff i guess they still have him doing something in the background with the rubik's yeah. cube okay so he's watching jeopardy george knows all of the answers are, are you a big jeopardy guy keith yeah i'll i'll watch it like every day for a few months and then forget about it for six months but i love jeopardy mm-hmm. do you know a lot of the answers 
I think I do, but like I did a trivia league last year uh, that like Mike Bloom invited me to, and like I, I think Jessica Lee, uh, our mm-hmm. podcaster, is like one of the top people in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I went, I went o twenty and four. I had four ties, zero wins. So it's like everyone, and so there were people in my group who like won multiple episodes of Jeopardy. And this was like a you know like how a do you do group. it? You watch like watch Jeopardy and then like fill out the answers. No, it's they email you six questions every day. And you give you um, you also play defense. You you I think you rate uh, like each one zero to three for um, like what you you guess what the other person is going to get wrong. But then you answer out of six and you get, you know, three points for the, per- the, the question that they assigned you a three for. I think there's one three, two twos, two ones and a zero. Uh, but then you like you play everyone in your division once. There's 24 matchups and it's like soccer. There's like relegation and promotion. Yeah. But I uh, I went zero, 20 losses, four ties. Never won a match. <laughs> So you got the number one draft pick? Well, I quit the league. Yeah, it was. You know what it was? It was like a full time job. Yeah, because like every morning I like I got to answer these six questions. And also, I didn't cheat the whole time, but anyone could cheat. Like anyone could Google the questions. So I don't know who cheated. Yeah, I'm not really a big trivia guy anymore. I sort of like know a lot of I'm a much more of a specialized knowledge person at this point in my life. Right. So my so like with Jeopardy, it's like I'll know all five of a category or I'll know zero. Like <laughs> there's things I know as much about as anybody, uh, literally. And then like there's many things most people know that I don't know at all. So. Yeah. So yeah, you got to be a mile wide and an inch deep or uh, a couple inches deep on this Jeopardy stuff. Yeah, it's a depth versus width thing. And I uh, I have whichever one is less useful. <laughs> yes. All right. So Katie calls up Jerry on the phone and she's upset when she hears about what happened. And she says this could be bad for business because this could start happening if these comedy clubs and these late night talk shows, if David Letterman finds out about this, then everybody's going to just bump Jerry. Yeah, you don't you don't want to be the guy who gets bumped because once once they know you could bump, they can bump you. They'll just keep bumping. Mm hmm. Yeah. And so you got to get out in front of this. You can't let this become a thing, Jerry. Uh, I mean, she is like really pointless and annoying in this episode, but funny. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you need her to sort of be uh, booking this big assembly for later on. All right, so she's going to work on some stuff. Kramer keeps running in and out. He needs an ashtray. He's taking a cereal bowl. He needs matches. Uh, he comes in and out like uh, two or three times. So we're getting to the point where Jerry is starting to figure out what's going on, and he's been thinking a lot clearer uh, he started watching a documentary uh, with Louise. I do think that the documentary has come a long way from 1996 to 2017. Yeah, it, it, they seem to say that it's like a boring thing. Documentaries are like my favorite type of movie. Yeah, documentary. I just got now. someone just uh, uh, like suggested a documentary to me that I watched that's absolutely Looney Tunes, but was amazing. What is it? It's called Tickled. Tickled. Okay, it's yeah. a about people who like to get tickled for fun. Ba- I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but basically, yeah. sort of, yeah. Oh, how's that it's a little creepy. It's no, well, I, like if telling I said, you that, but, okay, so Charlie Sheen is going to go yeah. on a picnic and go camping with three different families. Mm-hmm. No, I, if I, if I, it, trust me, like, because there's a mystery element to it. It's not a straightforward movie. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, uh, it's a little creepy, honestly, but uh, it's really good. Tickled. Speaking of mystery, is there going to be another season of Serial? Yeah, I was just reading this today. They're doing a spinoff because I think what they did was they they put in everyone's mind like, hey, we love true crime. Serial needs to be true crime every season. And I guess they want to do like, no, we're, we do mysteries. We you know, that was our one true crime thing. We're never going to top that. 
So they're spinning off a true crime podcast, and I think that's coming out in about March. Uh, they, by the way, they are. If there's one thing they're good at, it's striking while the iron's hot. Rob. Yeah. No, <laughs> they've totally overplayed their hand. There's been probably it, like yeah. 500 serial-like podcasts that have come out in between serial one and serial two. Yeah, and then I think serial season three is coming out. Um, in the summer, which is like three or four years after Serial Season 1. Yeah, it's like, who cares at this point? Sorry, Serial. Right. If they, if they love their fans, they would have they would have hurried up. They don't. Bit. They don't love their fans. That's true. That's the difference between Serial and uh, Seinfeld. Uh, Post-show post recap. recap. A podcast about nothing. Yes. Uh, the, the difference is their name is six letters. Ours is 22 words. <laughs> and we like our fans and they hate our fans. <laughs> they hate our fans or their fans? Well, I'm sure they would hate our fans, too. But they hate they hate their fans. We like ours. Okay, so Jerry explains. All right, so here's what's going on. That's what's doing it. You're no longer preoccupied with sex, so your mind is able to focus. And so he holds up the head of lettuce and says, "This part of the lettuce, this is your intellect represented here, and then the other part of the lettuce is the part of his brain that's obsessed with sex." Now. He can use this entire part of his brain to be able to think about anything. It's, I, this is really funny. This is actually like a pretty smart thing, although it's a little creepy that he eats the lettuce at the end. Yeah, I guess so. So, Keeve, let's just talk through the theory presented here. Are you buying or selling this theory? I'm buying that George doesn't use his brain the way most typical people use their brains. But I don't think George, like if you said like, if you were explaining Seinfeld to like a Seinfeld neophyte who's never seen it before, like, would you say George, like his main quality is that he's sex obsessed? I wouldn't say that. No, I mean, he's certainly looking for women. I mean, when we go back to the point where he was dating the models, he does seem to want to keep going back to the well, even though he's already dating one of the models. So I guess that that does speak to some sort of a sexual uh I don't know about obsession, but certainly a preoccupation with attractive women. But he's I'd say he's more scheme obsessed than sex obsessed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he doesn't really seem like uh, like he certainly wants sex. It's up there, but I'm not sure if it's number one on his uh, chart of needs. Yeah, his hierarchy of of needs. <laughs> yeah. What's that called? Laszlo? Ma I think Maslow. Maslow. Okay. Who's Laszlo? Who, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I, we were talking about pot before, and I'm not a pot guy, so I'm sure this exists. But there's, is there a stoner T-shirt that says like Maslow's hierarchy of weed and has different types of like pot on it? There's got to be, right? <laughs> I don't think there has to be. At well, all. if there's not, I feel like that's a good. I mean, I don't know anything about pot, but I feel like that's a money making. What shirt. do you want to have on the we shirt? Are wait, we, we're on the record, or at least I'm on the record that we're trying to spin some T-shirts. We're trying to make it big in the T-shirt right. business out of this podcast. This is we're just this is just a conduit. Towards our T-shirt yeah. merchandising operation. So hold on. Maslow. I don't think you have a winner there. <laughs> oh, Rob, every stoner will buy the shirt. Because oh, it's hu instead of needs, it's 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 human weeds. Yeah, there are like literally Google Images is like filled with hundreds of Maslow's hierarchy of weed. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, then, uh, you know, talk about striking while the iron isn't hot. Yeah, but I feel like I don't know if there's T-shirts. Okay, Let, let's not make like Sarah Koenig and act like we hate our listeners and waste their time, Keeve. Okay, well, I, I mean, I'm sure if they, if you guys want more T-shirt talk, then hashtag T-shirt <laughs> talk. Save that for 32 fans. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
George just remembered where he left his retainer in second grade also. He, he seems like he's going to go, I just remember where I left my retainer in second grade. He acts like he's going to go get it. Yeah, he is going to go get it. It well, must be in like... His house? It's got to be like in the roof of... I, you would go to camp and you'd be like, hey, if I leave like this like hockey stick in the rafters, I wonder if it'll be here next summer. So I think it's that type of thing where he, like, he left it. Well, first of all, it could have been in his house like behind the bookshelf that hasn't been moved. Like I've seen that Costanza house. It's possible that there's something hiding there. Yeah, but didn't they turn his room into the billiards hall? Yeah, but that doesn't mean that there's not a retainer like maybe in the ceiling or something. Okay, all right. So Kramer explains that he set up a smoker's lounge in his apartment. And so he's really standing up for the smokers here. You know, just because a person's a smoker, that doesn't mean he's not a human being. Uh, Jerry seems to really disdain the smokers. Um, I, I mean, I don't know if he hates them. I just think it's like a plume of smoke when he, he's got to walk past every day. You know, like Jerry says, he secondhand smokes two packs a day. Yeah. Well, Kramer says these people aren't going to let themselves be flicked into the ash bin of society. And Jerry says, why not? I I guess it was still like they thought they had a chance. The smokers back then, like now Mm. they've lost. Right. The game is over. You don't think it's coming back. You think smoking is coming back? I don't know, Keith. So many things that I didn't (laughs) think are possible have happened. We think it's like what's coming back this week. Will and Grace and smoking. Yeah. Yeah. Look, um, that, you know, there's no better way to, you know, once somebody comes out like, hey, tobacco industry is going to be like hey you know all those studies fake news smoking's not, not bad, bad for you that's pretty good or or just put out their own right put out their own fake news like you know make it up like come up with studies and- yeah facebook study hey smoking is actually good for you and they get those doctors from the 50s back out there say yeah no that was fake news everybody knows smoking isn't bad for you right oh smokers okay. literally live longer than non-smokers yeah i didn't think of it that way yeah it's like oh that's just, you know, the media doesn't want you to smoke. Can you imagine it? I mean, if it turned out that smoking was good for you, in like <laughs> moderation. I, uh, I feel like that maybe there's enough anecdotal evidence uh, of people to disprove it, you know, that we've Listen, had. It's, to, con- like, it's confirmation bias. Yeah. Who knows? All right. So Elaine and Saul are back together. And uh, Elaine's asking some weird questions about, uh, do you get to pick out which dead bodies you work on? Why does she want to know these things? That is a strange question. Yeah. And so uh, he says, yeah, dead bodies gross him out. And, you know, it's not unreasonable. No, there's definitely doctors who like that's their least favorite part of doctoring. He's dead cadavers. Yeah, he's not an undertaker. No. And I think like there's other like I think dentists need to do cadavers also. Maybe I don't know. It's 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 one of the thousand reasons that I would never want to be a doctor. Keeve, are you pumped up that the undertaker is back? Well, the undertaker's back every year. Okay, just checking in. All right. Uh, Sue Ellen Mischke sighting. Uh, yeah, got I like Sue Ellen Mischke. There's really a lot of guest stars here. Like, it's, it's, it's basically everyone but the stanzas in Seinfeld. Yeah. Sue Ellen Mischke is here, and she's dating a periodontist who does Giuliani's gums. What's a periodontist? Uh, is that just doctor. a dentist? No, yeah, he works on gums. I didn't know that. Like, so there's a there's a dentist and orthodontist. Those are scam guys who make you get the braces. <laughs> and then there and then there's periodontists. Yeah, periodontists. I think they just only focus on the gums. That seems like a real specialty. Real specialty. A lot of people have a uh, gum recession. That would be if like a like a kidney guy, like a nephrologist, only focused on like the left kidney. Mm. Like a very, it's a very niche industry. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people have it. A lot of people have the the recession of the uh, gums. I guess, yeah, yeah. I mean, just similar to the Charlie Sheen movie, not not a great publicist for the periodontist. It's not like anyone's number one coming out of. I mean, do you go to dental school and you become a periodontist? I don't know any of this stuff. 
I, that I don't know. Um, I've never really taken a good look at Rudy Giuliani's gums. Mm, that's good. Let, let's uh, this week if we see him on the news or if he's at the inauguration, let's check out his gums. Yeah, let me take. Let me see if I can get a good a good look at him. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of pictures of him like uh, yelling, so I feel like that we can get a good look at this point. Looks, you know, yeah. looks okay to me. I don't Do you know. even know what bad gums look like? Like I don't have anything to, to gauge. Really, <laughs> I don't see any blood. <laughs> that's a start. He's got nice teeth. It looks like. Yeah. So who knows? We got well. Who's his orthodontist? Yeah. It's yeah. Not clear here. So somebody yeah. basically passes out after Elaine introduces uh, Saul as the what? What is his real name? I'm I'm not gonna get this right. Oh, we could call him Saul. Okay, Saul. Ben. It's Ben. ben. It's Ben. It's ben. Uh, I mean, I feel like I'm gonna call him Bob Odenkirk. I'm gonna call him Slippin' Jimmy. I'm gonna call him Saul. I feel like Ben is the fourth on the list by with a bullet. Doctor Ben. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So does anybody have a doctor? And he's like, hey, I'm not a doctor. But it does seem like he should know a little bit of what to do in terms of first aid. Yeah, he's like very nervous and inept. Like there's a reason medical school is just a weeding out process, you know, Mm -hmm. and like he's sort of in the process of being weeded out of doctoring. Yeah. Sue Ellen Mishki says, uh, should somebody uh, raise his legs? He's like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Do, do that. Yeah, I mean, he really knows nothing. This guy. He might not even be a doctor. He might be lying. That's possible. He might and be what? He, he might be like the first catfisher or something. <laughs> yeah. That again. Well, he never gets smart. Maybe he's just always trying to have sex with with uh, different women. Well, he turns Elaine down at the end, so I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So we then see the next scene. Elaine is back with the manager. She has flowers for Carlito. Uh, is Carlito going to be okay? That's like the sequel to Flowers for Algernon. That's on like deep cable. Or is, I don't know. We never we never find out if uh, if Carlito's OK or not. That's really a great mystery to ask uh, Jerry one day. Hey, so George is sitting there with a bunch of books and uh, he's like looks at his book. It's like, of course, absolute zero. Uh, and Elaine uh, can't believe it. Uh, are you buying George reading like nine books at the same time in months? Uh, I mean, there there are some George scenes here that are incredibly unrealistic. <laughs> this is not. This is not one of them. By the way, considering there's no real storyline that's monk centric, there is a ridiculous amount of of uh, of like scenes in this restaurant. I wonder why in this episode. <laughs> there's a lot going on in monks. Yeah, I wonder if there was just no other central meeting place. Well, like one of the sets was like flooded or something. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> is this uh, the most unrealistic episode to date? I mean, I guess let's let's get to the end and talk about it. But uh, there is a scene in this that is the most unrealistic scene of of any show. Okay. Like when Superman flies, it's more realistic than a scene that's coming up in a minute. Okay. All right. So, yeah, absolute zero. And George says, okay, I stopped having sex. Uh, That's what's going on. Okay. Uh, And so we now see that George is beginning to really harness his superpowers. All right. Kramer is in the hallway and uh, the smoker's lounge is happening. Uh, He's trying to, there's like uh, like a waiting list to get into Kramer's apartment. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Yeah. He says, boy, it's like they come in once and these people are addicted. That's a funny line. Okay. Uh, Katie comes to Jerry's apartment as Jerry is trying to walk up. She couldn't reach him on the phone, so she just came to his house. Yeah. Uh, A very bizarre reference here. (laughs) Which one? The middle school or junior high school canceled Rick James. Yes. So Jerry could give them an assembly. That would have been the greatest day in junior high school history. Right. Does Rick James play a lot of junior high schools in 1996? I guess his career was slipping and he played where they would offer him. But he's lucky that he didn't just uh, go up to Jerry and slap him in the face. I mean, yeah, if Rick James found out that Jer- that he was bumped for Jerry, that's true. He would have a problem with James' whole crew. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jerry says, what? Super freak? Yep. They canceled Rick James. 
uh, to bring in Jerry for a two hour assembly that Katie has booked. I mean, she's truly the world's worst manager. I wonder if she's based off like someone he knew. Like there's a lot of like inept comedy managers that comedians like to talk about. I wonder if if she's based on someone in particular. Yeah. Elaine is helping uh, Saul study for his exams uh, that uh, she's asking the question. uh, What's the uh, answer to number 74? And he's wrong. And Elaine says, you know what? That's it. We're going to stop having sex. That's how Elaine's going to fix him. Well, so it doesn't really make sense because she's calling it off here. She's saying that we're stopping until you pass the test. And he's okay with it. But when she wants to later in the episode, he like, it's not, it doesn't make sense why she doesn't decide earlier. And you know what I mean? She's calling it off, but then he's not willing to do it until after he passes the test. Like, it doesn't really make sense. So you're saying that at the end of the episode that he should still want to have sex with her? No, before that, like when she is, she realizes that she can't do it, but it's like not an option to her. Like she, there's no scene where he turns her down before the one where he turns her down at the end. I think she never You're, loses sight of the fact he needs to pass this exam. Like, uh, I guess still objective I guess, yeah. number one is she needs to keep him smart so he can pass right. the test. She doesn't right, want to lose the doctor. Yeah. Okay. Fair point. All right. So, Keeve, let's go out to Yankee Stadium. And uh, we have George Costanza giving some hitting instruction to Derek Jeter and Bernie Williams. Mm-hmm. While teaching them about physics. Yes. Yes. He says, hitting is not about muscle. It's simple physics. Calculate the velocity uh, in relation to the trajectory uh, in which gravity, of course, remains a constant. It's not complicated. While thwacking about three home runs to like the upper deck. <laughs> yeah. And uh, is, is there a pitching machine or is he just sort of like uh, throwing the ball up and doing it himself? Oh, uh, he's not throwing it to himself. He's not self-pitching. There may be uh, like a pitching coach just lobbing balls or it's pitching machine. I'm not sure. Yeah, there's a like Mel Stalemeyer is a standing there throwing in the batting practice to George Costanza. R.I.P. I think he might yeah. still be alive. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, Jeter and Bernie kind of ruins the episode for me to have to see Derek Jeter's face. But uh, it is a funny thing. And then and his line, G- George's line here is good also. Yeah, well, Bernie Williams asks, uh, you know, aren't you the guy that put us in the Ramada in Milwaukee? And uh, George goes back to, do you want to talk about hotels? You want to win some ball games? And Jeter says, hey, we won the World Series. Yeah. And George says, yeah, in six games. <laughs> it was a good line. Great line. Great line. Yeah. So are you saying that any team worth their salt could have knocked off the Braves in four games? I mean, they lost the first two, right? And they almost lost the third one. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we see Jerry working on some material in Monks with George and Elaine. And so uh, he has nine minutes of material for the two hour assembly. I mean, two hours is like, you know, an hour, 45 minutes past like a junior high school attention span. Like this Katie (laughs) is really a disaster. Yeah, it's not going to go well. Uh, So George is going to, again, volunteer to be a part of the assembly. Uh, Give the kids a chance to see a real live Yankee. Jerry says you'll get a chance to see some real disappointed kids. Uh, The waitress comes over. Uh, She's... uh, Asking them if they want more coffee. George detects a Portuguese accent. Yes. And magically, he already knows how to speak Portuguese. Yes. And he says it's because his cleaning lady speaks Portuguese. Hold on. Like two episodes ago, he had to have the sunshine cleaners come over because they were going to clean his apartment for $25. Now he has a Portuguese cleaning lady. Well, maybe he always had one. He just, you know, she charges a lot more than 25 bucks. He was trying to undercut her. Yeah, I guess so. 
Uh, so there uh, we have uh, the relationship with George and the Portuguese waitress. Uh, put a pin in that also. Uh, yeah, he does. Yeah. Okay. We then see uh, Jerry and Elaine talking. And Elaine is talking about how in the last couple of days her mind has been not good. And we start to establish that Elaine is having the inverse effect. I mean, the whole episode takes place, I think, within like 72 hours. But Elaine is somewhere in this timeline. She has given up trying to have sex with Ben. And now all of a sudden she can't think anymore. She's dumb. Yeah, but we've established this is like thirsty Elaine era. Yeah. So for her, 72 hours is a long time. I guess it's a lot. Jerry explains to a woman, sex is like the garbage man. You just take for granted the fact that at any time you put some trash out on the street and a guy in a jumpsuit's going to come along and pick it up. But now it's like a garbage strike. The bags are piling up in your head. The sidewalk is blocked. Nothing's getting through. You're stupid. Yeah, it's a really good analogy. It's honestly brilliant. It's a good analogy, Keith. But here is the $10 million question. Is there any fact to back anything up that Jerry is throwing out there? Well, what do you mean? Like just the idea that women like that 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 women because they can always have it that they don't become i mean this is a joke like they don't actually become stupid right but it's a joke based on nothing i think that there is there's nothing to back up this hypothesis that jerry is throwing out there but the idea that that george becomes smart and elaine becomes stupid it's just I mean, it's just like funny nonsense, like George hitting a home run while speaking physics. Sure. Yeah, but at least you have to, you you have to say, take it with a grain of salt. At least you can argue that, OK, what you know, if George, you know, is a man who is always thinking about sex, what if he wasn't thinking about sex? Mm-hmm. What would he be capable of? OK, that's sort of like a, an idea that you can see. And this is an exaggeration and a comedic spin on that. This, to me, is just like, so, you know, like coming out with an episode of Seinfeld and saying like, okay, in this episode, you know, the sky is purple and we're just going to, because that's funny and we're just going to like, they just took something that there's no evidence whatsoever. I've never heard of this being a thing. Of- I'm shocked that you're coming out so strongly against us. Me think thou dost protest too much about this. I think it's also you like, do you ever have your wife like hasn't eaten in like an hour and she gets like super mad and she's not herself. And maybe she'd yes. like yell at you or the kid. And they call That's it hangry. Thing. So maybe thing. Elaine is bangry. Sorry, guys. Bangry. <laughs> wow, that's clever, Keith. That's not a Harris Whittles joke. That I did just come up with. But, yeah. the, uh, but it, it's possible. Does that make sense now? That she just cannot think straight if she's gone 72 hours. Mm, I mean, is this a thing? Is this... Are we saying only Elaine has this? Yeah. I mean, certain types of people. Maybe Sue Ellen Mishke has it, too. I don't know. But not every woman. Yeah. Because I feel like that there are a ton of very intelligent women who do not seem thirsty. And I don't believe that they're being held back by their lack of thirst. Yeah. I mean, again, this is a rare disease, but Elaine has it. Mm-hmm. I think this makes sense. I feel like I feel like the Bangry explanation works. <laughs> Let me t- talk this through with my wife later on. Uh, and see what she oh. says because don't uh, let her know. Don't let her know about this show. We're trying yeah. to we stayed under the radar for 140. Right. Because if this was true, Keeve, I, I don't yeah. even know how my wife would be able to count to 10. <laughs> the, I, she wouldn't even be able to function to be on yeah. all of her mom Facebook groups. She, she wouldn't even be able to like uh, like enter in the code to unlock her iPhone. Um, I hear you. But again, it doesn't affect every woman. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see. I'm going to see about this. If, if, if bangery is a thing. All right. 
All right. So uh, we go back to Jerry coming home and he sees Kramer and Kramer now has uh, all these wrinkles on his face. Uh, Jerry says, what happened to your face? It looks like an old catcher's mitt. I mean, they do. The makeup people do a great job of making Kramer look awful. Yeah. And so uh, that he's experienced a lifetime of the effects of smoking in just 72 hours. I mean, I guess it's possible, right? I don't think so, Keith. And not like literally like this, but I, I like if if you smoked like, you know, 100 packs of cigarettes in three days, it would have, <laughs> you know, like, uh, you know, this similar effect on your lungs if you smoke, you know, a pack a day every day for 100 days. So he's he's inhaling like hundreds of packs of cigarettes a day. Mm, OK, we'll go with it. <laughs> Listen, Slightly more plausible, I think, than the Bangry hypothesis. When did you when did you quit smoking? Um, you know, I, I never really was a big, big. Smoker. I thought you were going to say you never quit. That would have been. Interesting. No, 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 no. I mean, I probably haven't smoked a cigarette in. I mean, I think maybe uh, like going on, you know, uh, seven or eight years. I, I mean, it's been. And probably, you know, I hadn't smoked regularly probably in like since 2004 or five or something like that. Um, Maybe 2006. Okay. Yeah. That's good. That's good for you. Yeah. Uh, you know, Nicole used to be uh, more of a, uh, you know, she would she would smoke more. So uh, I think oh. I stopped before her and then she was, you know, shortly thereafter. I don't know. Can you be a nurse and smoke? Nurses smoke, right? I'm sure there are nurses that, I mean, you can't smoke in, in the hospital. <laughs> I guess not. No, <laughs> not when you're working on a patient. But I'm sure there are nurses that smoke. I'm sure, there's doctors that smoke. Um. Oh, there are definitely doctors that smoke. So why wouldn't nurses smoke? I bet there's periodontists that smoke. Well, I, that would be crazy. I mean, think about your gums. I know. Well, it would be crazy, but I bet it happens. But there's one periodontist that smokes. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, there's probably only eight periodontists to begin with. So I'm sure like one of them smokes. But that's it, probably. <laughs> All right. So. Uh, Jerry says to Kramer, like, uh, what did you expect was going to happen? Uh, Kramer says, uh, well, emphysema, birth defects, cancer, but not this Jerry. My face yeah. is my livelihood. <laughs> yeah. He was willing to, uh, he was willing to take it, but you know, uh, not, not for, not for his looks. He's willing yeah. to die, but not, get, not be ugly. Right. You know, a lot of things were worth it to look cool, but now he doesn't even look cool. So it's a problem. So. We see now Elaine is doing a crossword puzzle. You do any crossword puzzles, Wheels? Um, yeah, I do crossword puzzles once in a while. Pen or in pencil? You know, I usually do them on the internet now. Oh. Yeah, I, you know, I held up a pen the other day when I was, yeah. like, helping my kid with the homework. And I thought, like, oh, this is, like, the first time in, like, five years that I've held a pen. Mm-hmm. Like, I literally don't hold pens anymore. It's insane. Like, I don't <laughs> yeah. own a pen. You don't own a pen? <laughs> I mean, my family owns one. Like, I've got two kids in school. Yeah. They, I'm sure, have, like, a whole you know, binder or whatever it's called with pens. But like, I haven't, t I, I like, I don't own a pen. I don't have a pen in my office. Wow. Look at you. You're the first person. No pens. Listen, I'm eco-friendly. I'm paper free here. I don't even have a printer set up. I'm, I'm pen free. I mean, I'm, I'm, no pen, know, no I'm all about the environment. Yeah. I mean, I have a, I have a printer, but not in my, not, not in my office. Cause then my kids come in every two seconds and want to print their homework and stuff. What if you have a thought? You have something like, oh, this is good. What do you do? I type it or I write it on my phone. Type I write it. a note to myself. Okay. What if you like wake up first thing in the morning? You got something. Um, I, it never happened. I've never had a thought before noon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, Elaine's doing the crossword puzzle. She needs a four letter word for Winnie the blank. Uh, it's poo. That just makes her crack up. Yeah. Um, yeah. She is uh, like cartoonishly stupid. No pun intended at this point. 
Okay. So the doctor has made a mistake, Keeve. Uh, must have been uh, one of those uh, nurses out on a smoke break. And uh, it turns out she does not have mono. She can have sex. Wait, but I just picked up something that uh, either everyone or no one has picked up before. Okay. Louise says, so the hospital called, and it turns out some stupid intern screwed up my test. I never had mono. Who's okay. an intern in this episode? Oh, you think that it was. Not I think. Why would they say intern if that's not even like really what they call it? Right. They call it like a resident or something mm-hmm. like an intern is like, I don't know, an intern. Again, I know nothing about medicine, but yeah, that's clearly Ben. It's ben funny. screwed up her test. I mean, was there a deleted scene on this? No, I just like made this great connection. Yeah. Do you think it was? The I don't know why, but intention? I am much smarter today than usual. Yes. Oh, I, yeah, you must be on a real dry spell. Uh, yeah, that's my, you know, between this and, and figuring out why Elaine is. Uh, but yeah, no, it is definitely Ben. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Was this the intention of the writers or you just think that this is fan fiction? Oh, no, 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 Rob. This is the intention. And I don't think anyone's ever picked it up till right now, except I'm sure many, many people have watched this episode. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But maybe we're you. onto something. This might be this might be a theory that now I, Steve Korn, he hasn't tweeted since 2009. Yeah. But I'm going to have to send send one his way. Well, it might be a good question to ask Bob Odenkirk if we can get him on the podcast. Oh, uh, I mean, Odenkirk. The problem is he'd have to admit to his own mistake. Like, he's the actor screwing up, you know? Yeah, but maybe he'd want the credit for it. Is he on Twitter, Odenkirk? Oh, I'm sure Odenkirk's on Twitter. Is he? You think Odenkirk is too big for Twitter? No. No. Okay. I'm going to follow him just so then, like, when we ask him the question, then, uh, it'll, you know, he won't just, like, keep track of, like, didn't you just I'm just trying to think, today? like, do we have any connection to Odenkirk? Oh, yeah. you th- you're thinking about this too much. Didn't you just follow me there? Because well, what are you going to start with? Bob, I'm your biggest fan. Yes. Do you remember back in the abstinence that the woman George is dating, Louise, says that the reason why she got diagnosed with mono is that some stupid intern screwed things up. Do you think that the character of Ben was the intern that screwed up those tests? Because they use the word intern in both scenes. It is obviously Ben who screwed it up. Yeah, that's interesting. We're probably dumb. I bet everyone realized that except us. Maybe. Maybe. I guess, uh, you know, you how busy were you in 1996? But probably none of our listeners, I mean, none of our listeners caught it, and they're smart, so I I don't know. I like, <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe no one caught it. I'm, I'm going yeah. to have to do me, some research on I this. can assure you in 1996 that nothing was happening that would have got taken my eye off the ball here, Keith. Yeah, and I would, no, I definitely didn't catch it um, yeah. then, but I, I think now we got it. Okay. All right. So, um, we have George with Jerry back at Monk's and now George is now dressing like a smart guy. He's got like this like a uh, futuristic like uh, vest on. Yeah, it is. It's funny. It's like George's idea of like what a what a smart guy would look like as if he was cool before this. Yeah. And so Jerry says, so you're just not going to have sex and maybe the world would be better served this way. And Jerry says, why? By not subjecting women to your sexual advances. And uh, George really zings him with, uh, you know, a simple joke from a simple man. I kind of like this super smart George, like in small doses, but he's fun. Yeah. And so he's not going to talk about sports anymore in the assembly. It's so pedestrian. He is going to bring in some science experiments. They will dazzle the eye. (laughs) Dazzle the eye. Yes. And amaze. Okay. All right. Jackie Childs, uh, he gets visited by Kramer. His first reaction is, oh, no. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy that he's even allowed into the office. Like they should have all sorts of signs like do not let this man in with a big X over his face in, in like the uh, like the lobby and everything. Yes. 
Jackie Childs is told that Kramer has a case against the tobacco companies. He's been wanting to go after them for years. So Jackie Childs is back in. And as he says in the inside, look, Jackie Childs is played by Philip Morris. So he was very excited to go after the tobacco company in this episode because, uh, you know, they've been dogging him for years. (laughs) He's probably accidentally been sued many times. (laughs) Probably. All right. Elaine is just staring at tires uh, spinning around and around. She's truly getting dumber as George is getting smarter. Yes. All right. So. Jackie uh, is with Kramer, and so they're very excited about the possibilities here. And Kramer asks Jackie Childs, uh, do you think that we're going to be able to pull this off? And Jackie Childs tells him, your face is my case. Yeah, I mean, he, this is really like an open and shut case. If this could make it happen <laughs> in 72 hours, like he's going to own this tobacco company. Jackie Childs says, uh, so you're a victim. Now your face is shallow, unattractive, disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because the label on the cigarette package didn't say anything about damage to your appearance. No, it doesn't say you're going to become ugly, just that your lungs are going to become black. Yes. Okay. So back at Jerry's apartment, here is Elaine, and uh, she's not doing good. She's a moron. Uh, Yeah, but uh, like the test is coming up, and she should be fine soon, hopefully. Yes. And now, going back to Elaine and her situation, she is trying to recruit Jerry to help her. Because uh, she says that she just needs to clear her head. Do you have 11 minutes? Um, yeah, it's fine. I wonder how many minutes they said in the deal. Because I think there was like also an amount of time. Yes. I think it was 30. And now it's down to 11. Okay. So let's just talk this through. And then I want to go back to something else with this. Okay. So she, Jerry is thinking about it. And uh, Elaine says, like, it has nothing to do with you. Jerry says, I'd like to think it has something to do with me. She says, you could read the paper through the whole thing if you want. Keeve, is this a sweetener in the deal? I think it's like, don't pay attention, basically. Yeah. Do you want to not pay attention? Do you, do you need but he doesn't want to do it. He, he's not interested in, in, in anything happening. Why? Because it'll ruin the friendship. We've been over this. Ruin in the, the deal, friendship? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he says no. Uh, and she says, is Kramer home? Uh, which is a, a funny way out. Okay. So, Keith, I, I want to examine the events of this episode and see if they are align in canon with the events of the contest why Mm -hmm. does no one in the contest get dumber or smarter if anything Uh, the effects in the contest are the opposite people like jerry and george and uh, kramer's out in like the first five minutes but they're unable to focus they can't sleep they're agitated right but i but i believe the rules in the contest are different than these rules right so are you saying that mm. in this scenario that you are allowed to uh, not yeah. be master of your, I, I, I don't yeah. know whether I say master yeah. of your domain or not master of your domain. Yeah. Whichever one. Yeah. Whatever yeah. you want to do. So, okay. So you, so you may master your domain at any time, but it's mm-hmm. the attraction to the opposite sex that causes you to be dumb or the, or your own. Not there's anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, well, okay. I, apo- I apologize. <laughs> uh, so, but I, I guess what I'm saying is, could Elaine give up her title as a lady of the manor and get back mm-hmm. on the right track? No, I don't think so. I think it's got to be with another person. Oh, that seems like uh, that's uh, why. I'm not sure. Listen, I don't write the rule. What is this magic rule? What's the well, difference? I didn't, I, I didn't write this episode. We got to get corn on the blower and, and ask him what's going on. Yeah, no, that's what I don't get. Look, I can understand. OK, there's some sort of uh, there's some sort of a pressure 
if the pressure was was released, there would be relief. You're saying so it's that clearly no. not about that. There's some, there's some sort of mental aspect to it also. Yeah. OK. All right. Well, there's what is there a magic spell on them? It might be. I, listen, <laughs> I don't know. OK, so we then see uh, George at the diner with Louise. Uh, Louise needs to have sex. Uh, we don't really get any evidence that Louise has become dumb. No, she sort of stayed the same. Yeah. She needs to have sex, and George says that he he can't. Yeah, it's not his thing anymore. He doesn't want to do that. And so she says, goodbye, George. I hate you. <laughs> Great breakup. And so uh, more cafe, uh, the Portuguese waitress asks. Uh, yeah, and they, they like catch eyes here. Okay, so we go back to Jackie Childs and Kramer with the executive from the tobacco company. Um, and Jackie Childs is uh, arguing that he is, uh, look, this beautiful specimen has turned into a horrible, twisted freak. By the way, what are the odds that the tobacco company would send less than a dozen lawyers for this? <laughs> yeah. Or anybody. Yeah, it's true also. Yeah. <laughs> so she says, I think that Mr. Kramer projects a rugged masculinity. That would be funny if that was the case. Like, is Kramer ugly? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jackie Childs retorts rugged the man's a goblin he's been exposed to smoke for four days by the time this case gets to trial he'll be nothing more than a shrunken head yeah and then but they're already like ready to you know make an offer it's crazy yeah they're, they're ready and Jackie Childs says uh, Jackie's cashing in on your wretched disfigurement <laughs> alright so guess what Saul passed the medical examination yeah Ben Saul whatever he passed yes uh, slipping Jimmy he's good all right, and so finally, now they can get back together, and Ben says, I don't think we should see each other anymore. Um, yeah, you're breaking up with me? Yeah. Uh, I invented breaking up with someone for that. Um, yeah, very sad. For, I mean, and also, like, okay, breaks up with her, but Elaine's just, like, offering him, like, one, you know, one final go, and, he, and he's turning it down. It seems, like, even more unrealistic than George knocking some homers out of well, uh, maybe Stadium. he's not a bad guy. Maybe he's just like, no, like, I, I shouldn't take advantage. Bad guy? She's, like, begging him. Well, I mean, you know, maybe he's, like, uh, he, maybe he just he's doesn't like her. her that much. Yeah. Maybe he met someone at work after he, grad- after he became a doctor. In the that, maybe Louise. Hours. Ooh, oh, we are really blowing this theory out. That's yeah, possible. she goes over to yell at somebody and he's like, oh, wow, like you're so what if in the background of like the last scene of this episode, like there's Ben and Louise walking and no one's ever noticed it before. I think so. We need to go back and check it out. So Elaine has a funny line where she says, like, what about my dream of dating a doctor? Uh, and Ben says, uh, I'm sorry, Elaine. I always knew that after I became a doctor, I would dump whoever I was with and find someone better. That's the dream of becoming a doctor. Yeah, great quote. All right, so backstage at the junior high, Katie is uh, getting all set for Jerry to go on. George shows up. Where have you been? And he got lost going back to the junior high that he went to for three years. And Jerry immediately knows that George had sex. Which is funny because I would get lost going back to my elementary school. No question. (laughs) Yes. Uh, And uh, we know it's not for the reasons why George got lost. No, definitely not. But um, but yeah, no, he's dumb. You could smell the dumbness on him. He uh, he he's useless. He's holding the test tubes up to his head like antenna. And so uh, Jerry says, oh, you had sex with Louise. And George explains, no, it was the Portuguese waitress. Yeah, he figured out that it was his only shot ever to do this. Yes, mathematically. All right. Um, George, you're ready to go on. And he says, no, I'm not going on. And Jerry asks him, uh, what'd you come down here for? And George says to tell you about the Portuguese waitress. It's like that old joke about the uh, guy in the confession booth who's talking about the encounter that he had 
uh, with a younger woman. And the priest tells him what his penance is. And the guy says, oh, like, oh, well, I'm not, I'm, I'm Jewish. He's like, well, why are you in here? Well, why are you telling me this? He's like, I'm telling everybody. <laughs> yeah, I never heard that. I never heard that joke before. But. Yeah, there you go. Well, I, do you ever think like someone like a relative called me up this week and they were like telling me jokes? <laughs> like when they become socially unacceptable to tell jokes? Because it certainly is. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when jokes used to be popular and there was like joke books and stuff? Mm-hmm. Now, like the hackiest thing you could do is like tell someone a joke like with a with like a, you know, or like a rabbi, a waiter and a, pre, you know, like walk into a thing. Right. Right. Why? Why is that? It? And also, like, when you're a kid, like, you think that's like what comedy is. Mm-hmm. But like in the history of the world, no comedian has ever like told a joke like that on stage. Uh, I think right? that maybe like Catskills type comics were. Oh, of course. Like yeah, yeah, I'm sure like Joy Behar still does it on the view. <laughs> or something, but, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I try to tell jokes uh, to my son who's three. Yeah, then, kids like jokes. Like, I'll tell jokes to my kids because they'll laugh at anything. They're, but he doesn't get it. Like, uh, no. you know, like I, like I explained it. Like, see, that's funny. And he's like, like, he laughs because like, uh, like, because I told him it's a, it's a joke and he's supposed to laugh at it. But he doesn't really understand why. Right. Also, if you get the older kid to laugh at a joke, the younger kid will start cracking up 10 times harder, even though they don't get it. <laughs> You'll so, see that. Um, all right. Jerry has to go on and it's time. And so we hear from offstage, uh, he says, uh, hey, kids, what's the deal with homework? You're not working on your home. And the kids are <laughs> booing already. Yeah, that's, uh, that's not going to. He's gonna actually going to get like apples thrown at him. I love when the show does like they want Jerry to be bombing in comedy and they have him do a what's the deal with type joke. Yeah, no, this is funny. <laughs> yeah. OK, so we then see Kramer in the back of a cab with Jackie Childs. They had a great lunch, but uh, that offer didn't come in yet. And Kramer says that Mrs. Wilkie already called. They had a powwow. Jackie Childs says, who told you to take a powwow? I didn't tell you to have a powwow. Uh, and we see the offer and we see Kramer's face transposed onto the Marlboro man's face uh, in 1996 Times Square. Yeah, they would, I feel like there's no more Marlboro man in Times Square. No, I don't think so. I don't know if there's any more Marlboro Man anywhere. You think they phased out the Marlboro Man? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm where they, they're not allowed to. They're not allowed to advertise on TV. I don't think they could advertise on the radio. Are they allowed to have a website? I mean, I went to Marlboro.com. I need a username and password to get on here. Well, that's not the name of the company anymore. I don't think. Isn't it like R.J. Reynolds or Philip Mars or something? I don't know. Um, I mean, and and also like, but you know what? They should get into podcasts aren't regulated. We sh- there should be cigarette ads on podcasts. Get the podcasters back smoking. If any like R.J. Reynolds or maybe like a parliament or any startup cigarette, we need like a startup smoking company. What about that's the vaping? Really... I feel like it's got to be some is... vaping podcast. I feel like that, that's, that's not... true. Yeah. Is, is, is there like a Lisa mattress of smoking? Because we will take their ads. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 Keith. You know, all these like the, the, the month club stuff is very popular now, sure. Rob. Like this is the month. Box. Month. Yeah. Subscription boxes. Yeah. Um. So what if what if we had like one month they send you like. Marlboro Limes, you know, like whatever their new cigarette that they're working on. And like, Marlboro you know, Limes. I don't know, like Bud Light, Bud Lime. I don't know. It's always like there was where it's like the alternative jerseys. You know, they're always working on like a third thing or a like, you know, they're not they're not going to send you like a pack you could buy in stores. They're working on something funky. Yeah, it's an interesting idea. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. <laughs> Again, I think that you know, the, the future is in vaping. I think that maybe if you could send out, I think there's more flavored vape. I do feel like that with cigarettes, people are more brand loyal, where if you're a Marlboro guy, you don't like Parliament, uh, you don't like uh, any of these other brands, you don't like Cools or any of these other brands that are out there. Mm. You sort of like are very loyal to 
your type of cigarette. Okay. But I, maybe we should take this out. I think this is, this is an idea we're going to work on. Yeah. We're going to have like a subscription club for cigarettes. Subscription vaping. Could be, mm-hmm. It could be interesting. Okay. Uh, so Jackie Childs is very upset. He says, this is the most public of my humiliations yet. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I mean, the idea that Jackie Childs lets Kramer out of his, you know, out of his sight until the deal is done is insane. Yes. Is that what you think is the most unbelievable moment? No. <laughs> no. Yes. It's still George hitting the home runs. Uh, still George hitting the home runs. Okay. I, I was I waiting the whole episode for you. to. I thought you were going to say it was the billboard. No, it's the uh, the billboard is is totally like if they knew they were going to have to pay like 100 grand or they could put up this billboard by t- by, you know, by they could get it done. It's Marlboro. They've got all the money in the world. Okay. All right. Uh, our final scene, the tag in the episode, we see Jerry on the phone with David Letterman. Uh Jerry is being told by David Letterman that he's canceled. People heard about the junior high school assembly uh, and how he got bumped by a lizard. By the way, okay, new, new, least realistic thing of the episode. David Letterman being the person to tell the guest that he's being bumped. <laughs> and, like, he doesn't even talk to guests who go on his show famously. Like, he yes. wouldn't, he's the only guy who wouldn't go to the dressing room and talk to them. The idea that he's the booker now for the David Letterman show yeah. in, like, year 20 of it, I don't think so. <laughs> Well, I think that they might have just been getting uh, off the ground at CBS. He's still not making those phone calls. He's still like a curmudgeon. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he says, look, uh, those and he starts telling a whole story about uh, the uh, some lizard that uh, dr- dragged him out of the car and chewed his face off. Uh, OK, Jimmy, he says. Yeah, I, so, I, I like the Letterman thing. They only mentioned him briefly. I wish they could have like tied him in more where it would be even funnier that it shows up at the end. But. Still cool to see a big celebrity there. It's interesting, though. You know, we've seen Jerry in the past. Everything is NBC, NBC. He's going to be on Jay, going to be on Leno. Here's Letterman showing up on primetime on NBC promoting The Late Show. I got to feel like that this is, uh, you know, ruffling a, a few of the peacock's feathers, no? Yeah, I think uh, I think you're right. It's it, I'm surprised they let it happen, but. I, Seinfeld season eight can do whatever they want, I guess. But it's not like Leno's never been on the show where they're team Letterman over team Leno. It's probably just easier to get Letterman. Uh, oh, I don't know. I guess if they're in L.A., it's easier to get Leno. I'm not sure, but it, it's still funny. Although they weren't in the same room, so I guess it's easy to get anybody. Yeah. I mean, isn't this, you know, uh, really at the height of the Leno versus Letterman uh, late night TV wars? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, listen, ultimately, Jerry, I think he's close with both of them. I don't think he's either team. I think he likes Dave and he likes, uh, like, I think he was on the very end of Dave's, right? He was on the last episode, but I'm pretty sure he had a good relationship with Jay also. So, yeah. Okay. I'm just trying to see when it started. So I feel like that, uh, was it like 94 that, uh, that Letterman got started at CBS? Uh, maybe it was 93. Yeah. August 30th, 93. So he's been on for uh, a few years already. But it's just interesting that, you know, there's so much of like, oh, if you did uh, Leno, you can't do Letterman. Uh, and then yeah, for like bring six up, months or something. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I mean, that, and that's a real, you know, that was like there was never really a thawing between Leno and Letterman, you know, until even like uh, even at the end, it's questionable how much of a thawing there is. No, I think they still don't like each other. Yeah, they still don't. So and this is like right in the middle of it. This is like at the height yeah. of when they're really feuding. So. Yeah, when uh, he's like sneaking in the closet and listening to the thing, which is an apocryphal story that I'm sure never happened. Yeah. Jade Leno tells a lot of bogus stories. Yeah, Leno had to be really pissed. Okay, uh, let's talk about uh, big picture for the abstinence. Uh, all right, let's grade everybody out here. I think the easy one is George uh, in this storyline. 
Uh, that's an A, right, for George? No question. George locks lock. I don't. Do we give A pluses? Either way, it's <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's great. Very memorable. All right. Uh, what about the corollary, Elaine? You want to give her an A as well? Yeah, I think it's the great story. It's funny. I know that you're nitpicking it, but I, I'm giving it an A. It's great. It's fun. That I, I just still I cannot wrap my head around uh, how this is a thing. I'll, I'll go give it an A minus just to be a stickler. Okay, I think you're being tough, but that's fine. Hey. Nobody ever said I wasn't. Yeah, that's true. You listen, you're a hard critic. <laughs> okay. What about Kramer? Kramer in the Smokers Lounge. Uh, you know, I like it. It's a little bit like, oh, this has happened a million times. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll, I'll give it, you know, Jackie Childs is really funny here in a pretty small role. Uh, I'll give it an A, A minus. Okay. Uh, I'll give it a B plus. Uh, not my favorite Kramer storyline. Uh, and then finally, uh, let's talk about what is going on with Jerry and the assembly. Um, I'll give it a B. It's there's no real home run there, Not like um, George. but it, it's a funny idea. But it's it's yeah. There's nothing really. Um, there's nothing really special there. I was right there with you. I forgot about the Letterman cameo. I I'm gonna upgrade it to a B plus. Okay, yeah, that's fine. If you're counting that as big part of Jerry, I have no problem with that. Okay, all right. So Keeve, uh, where does this land in the overall rankings? Uh, you seem uh really. Super high on this, almost as uh, super high as the people at Kramer's uh, Medical Marijuana Dispensary. So I will say that you have this episode at number 35. Uh, no, higher, actually. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Love the abstinence. Really, uh, I-, I love the storyline of-, of George being smart and Elaine being dumb. I have this all the way up at 23. 23. Uh, that's a pretty close. Mm-hmm. In the ballpark. Okay. Yep. All right, Keith. So let's get into what our listeners had to say about this episode. And let's dive into the Seinfeld post-show recaps mailbag. Every week we get those emails, Seinfeld at postshowrecaps.com. You can also, of course, subscribe to the Seinfeld post-show recap. Uh, Get in for the stretch run while you can. Postshowrecaps.com slash Seinfeld iTunes. And of course, we like to start off with Johnny DeSavera, who says, has either of you ever had a situation like George where you remembered where you left something after 25 years? Well, the reason I put this in is uh, it's a good question, but I don't have an answer for that. I do have a like uh, I, I want to like flip the question to you. What's the worst thing you've ever lost? OK, well, this is very topical. I had lost my wedding ring for Ooh. months, Keeve, mm-hmm. that I had worn it on a fly. I typically like I don't like to wear it during, you know, ever, uh, but I mm-hmm. tend to wear it on flights. Feel like okay, uh-huh. like if I'm gonna if the plane's going down, at least mm-hmm. I was wearing the wedding ring today, and mm-hmm. so I had gone to New York in October, and I came back and I had been you know I, I so I felt like I I knew I had it in New York, and then since I've gotten back I can't find it anywhere, and I'm like wondering did I lose it in the TSA or. Did I, you know, drop it somewhere like uh, going through the airport or what? I also got like really sick, like coming back. I got like a terrible migraine. So like the whole day was kind of a blur. But last week I found it uh, in a place that I just sort of like I was like sort of like, okay, this is the only place in my house I haven't looked. And I went and I found it. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. So I guess this is my closest to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for me, it's um. I had a football. It was on my bed as like a pillow uh, for, from when I was three till I, when I was like 18 or 19. It was a pillow uh, I, or it was a football and you used it as a pillow? It was a football, but it was a plush football that I like got as a little kid and I loved it. And it was on my bed. Like it was set up on my bed. I would also use it 
I would fall asleep every night watching television. Mm-hmm. So like it's like one pillow was too little, but two pillows was sort of like too much. So I'd go pillow and then the football under my head mm-hmm. to like prop myself up to like be able to see the TV. Um. Anyway, uh, I came back from my year abroad and I never saw it again. And you know, my mom thinks my housekeeper threw it out, threw it out. Maybe I think that she accidentally or on purpose threw it out, but never been seen again. Uh, I had no idea where it could have gone. Very sad. I even forgot it once at a friend's house, thought it was gone forever, went back to his house the next year for a weekend and found it in his closet. Like, um, and so I got it back when I was like seven to eight, but then I lost it for good when I was uh, 18. Very Steve, sad. You keep yeah. the faith, okay? You're going to find it. I'm going to find it. I mean, listen, that. it's the same room. It's not like, you know, my parents live in the same house. Yeah. So in theory, like when we move out, I, everything's been moved. I, don't, I can't even fathom where it would be, but, and I have a very neat room that I don't live in anymore. My, you know, my. Yeah. All right, here's bedroom, what you like, need to do. Here's what you need to yeah. do, Keith. You're gonna mm-hmm. swear off sex, okay? <laughs> yeah, okay. Then you find already, it. Yeah, already started. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So just keep that going for another couple of months. And I'm gonna find it. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna like it'll come to me. It, the, the place. I'll, I'll yeah. When's the baby I, due? The baby is due uh, in March, early March. Okay. All right. So so yeah. This is this is the stretch run. <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't be too hard. Shouldn't be too hard. Okay. All right. <laughs> so uh, what's the next question? Uh, Matt Massachusetts says, why didn't Jerry fire his agent after the events that transpired in the Diplomats Club? It's a good question. Yeah. Some people just aren't firers. Like, it's better to have an incompetent employee a lot of times than to fire them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I think there is uh, <laughs> some benefit to cut the cord. Sometimes. But there's there certain people like it's even people you wouldn't think that just don't fire. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes you just, you, I guess you uh, can't get rid of them. You're trying, you're trying to let them go, and they, she won't take yeah. no for an answer. She yeah. won't turn her key. Yeah. Caleb from Atlanta has a question for you. Yes. He says, Rob, weren't you on Letterman after you were on Survivor? Do you have any cool stories? I don't know if I have any, certainly any cool Letterman stories. I mean, I do have uh, the clip from my uh, YouTube channel. And for the longest time, it used to be the people that were on Survivor used to go and be on David Letterman. And he used to start and like, I think in like the first season, I think that he was really against it. And, you know, he mm-hmm. did it to promote the CBS shows and they told him he had to. So didn't you call it like the parade of idiots or something, something like, that? like that? He was like really, really just like making fun of them. So but did he hate it or was it a bit that he hated it? Mm, I think he hated it. I, I don't think he okay. really like I think that he's like one of these guys where it's like, OK, well, what are these people? These are game show contestants. Why do I have to have them on? And so he would like make fun of them. And so it used to be that he wouldn't let them stand on the stage and they used to have to like just stand on the like um, he's like they weren't they weren't treated like guests. And then it would be like he pushed them further to the point where they weren't even allowed to come in the studio. They had to be in the deli with uh, Rupert G. In the hell the, so if someone looks on YouTube, there's you and Rupert G, right? I think I've seen it before. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm, you're good. You actually do very well in the Rupert G scene. Well, Dave asks a lot of the same questions. So I was sort of a little bit prepared. It was hard to hear him. It was, it was hard to hear him in the earpiece. Um, but um, yeah, it was I mean, it certainly was fun to go there. And they, also the Survivor, the Amazon finale was also at the uh, uh, at Sullivan Theater also mm-hmm. so uh it was the, and he just uh, hangs out there so you saw him a few times yes yes uh <laughs> so that that was uh you know it was a um definitely a fun experience to sort of just like be you know in that building but you know there was no uh interaction with uh with dave whatsoever i never even saw him in person i did see paul schaefer after the show he's very friendly mm. i took a picture with my girlfriend oh very nice that's not that's not your wife who was my, is my wife now yes Oh, okay. So it's weird that you call your girlfriend. Hey, I yeah. I, that, 
I, I was, you know, in a time and a place. Keith. I got it. I got it. Yeah. Right, anybody else have any emails? Okay. Lindsay. Lindsay wants to know, did you guys ever have people come in for career day when you were in school? Did anyone interesting ever come in? I feel like that the, the better question is, have you done career day yet, Keith? I've never done career day. I, I don't think we ever had a career day when I was in school. You know, my, uh, my, my childhood friend, Andrew, a childhood correspondent, Andrew, we went to elementary school, high school and college together. Um, so maybe he would remember better than me. So he could write in if we ever had like a good career day thing. Although I was thinking when I read this email, um, we had like, uh, I, I remember, so I, I, I like vaguely remember a guy coming in and bragging about how rich he was, which, which led me to remember like when we were in eighth grade, we had a history teacher who like used to be a stockbroker and he was like mm-hmm. telling us about being a stockbroker. And he's like, yeah, I'm like a millionaire. And we're like, we don't believe you. And then the next day he brought in his tax returns for me and Andrew to look at. He literally brought, brought in like to prove that he was a millionaire to us. How old were you? <laughs> we were 13. We were eighth graders. <laughs> yeah. And he brought in his tax return. He's like, listen, look, I have like three million dollars in stock. I wonder if Andrew remembers that he could write in. But uh, I don't I don't ever I think career day is like something you see in movies, but I'm not sure every school actually has it. Yeah. OK, so you would do it if you were asked, Keith. No, <laughs> I don't want to be around. Okay, what am I going to talk about? Like, I don't even know. Like, I, podcasting with my job, the like, pool no of pools. Cares. Yeah, the, if listen, if there's like an alternative school for gambling, like trade I school. for sure, yes, a trade school for gambling. If it became legal, yeah. I would definitely show up. Sort of like I, a you know Vegas sports book type uh, trade school. Yes, or or if I had like a before and after, like this is what happens if you don't study, and it's like me, I come in, and then it's like. You know, and here's a doctor if you do study. Okay. Uh, Craig from Vancouver says, uh, congrats to Kiva on this Jeter episode. I know you're looking forward to it. It says on Wikipedia that this episode was recorded on November 6th, 11 days after Game 6 of the World Series. I can't believe they were able to actually score Jeter and Williams so soon after they won the World Series. I mean, this is the number one show on TV at this point, so it's not that crazy. Yeah. Crazy. And it's not like Jeter is really Jeter yet, like it would be five years later. So, yeah. And it's not like it was too tough to score Bernie Williams either. Yeah. And the scene is in Yankee Stadium. Is that really in Yankee Stadium? If so, it's like they're just showing up to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and Jeter was a rookie then. You could get him. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. could get Jeter. Yeah. This is and Bernie's like, open for anything. Yeah. He's up for. He'll go on Mike Francis' show and play freaking guitar for an hour if you yeah. want. If I'm he, pretty yeah. sure we could get Bernie Williams on this podcast. I know. I mean, if he if I wanted him, we don't want him. We don't. We, <laughs> We want Matt. So if David Wright wants to come on, you can do a full episode with us. That's right. That's right. Uh, David Wright, the survivor. Uh, he could do 15 minutes. I meant the third baseman. He get, he uh, could get the Chester Amir slot at the end. Okay. So David Wright, the, the Met player, could do whatever he wants. <laughs> what about April? April, new, new uh, emailer. She said that the evolution of strategy stole her heart. But since that's an audio book, she has to say that her favorite si- podcast is the Seinfeld podcast. Oh, Thank you, April. Her question is, have either of us ever been bumped in favor of someone or something else? Hmm. Too many times. You've been bumped before? Uh, I'm trying to think of what... I, I'm sure if I had enough time to think about it, I could think of uh, somewhere where Has I a girl to... ever broken up with you? Uh, no. no. Me either, but I've never really... Well, you like, know what? I, I shouldn't anybody. say that. I, I shouldn't say... Like, I, I, I have been told, no, I don't want to go out with you. Sure, sure. Um, yeah. but You've been rejected. I don't even know if I've been rejected. I, I did so little dating. Yeah, I mean, I, I did, but not like maybe I was like had not enough confidence to even ask. Who knows? Yeah, no, no, no. There was there was uh, there was somebody, uh, and and she really she didn't even like really break up with me. She just like avoided me 
Oh. Uh, <laughs> to the point where I'm like, uh, like, uh, like it would have been better if she would have broke up with me. I was just like, what did, what oh. did I do? What did I, what I, what have I done wrong here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, um, no, I, I'm just like, uh, really impressed that I, that I forgot about that because I was really, really upset for a, for a while listen, we we repress memories like that a lot of times <laughs> yeah no i'm like i like uh, like uh, i think i would have been like uh really happy to know that i was going to completely forget about that at some point all right here's mike in new jersey what does he want okay uh mike in new jersey says uh i know keith advocates for listening to podcasts at 3x speed. do you really 3x no 2x 2x, 2x. that's i didn't i don't even have 3x. taron armstrong listens to podcasts at 3x it's bananas taron but I recently started listening to you guys at half speed and recommend others try it at well. By the way, Taryn is one of the only podcasters you could probably listen to at 3x speed. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> I started listening back in April, not to be confused with our new listener, April from Savoy. Uh, yeah. And back then, uh, as things have slowed down, I'm quickly closing in on the Seinfeld current releases. I recommend half speed to anybody trying to squeeze four hours out of a two hour podcast. It makes you sound absolutely hammered makes the show even funnier yeah this guy clearly finally, was high when he sent this email finally <laughs> i've been waiting for years for somebody to tell me they listen to podcasts at half speed i mean this is insane i wonder if he's joking and he's not up to it it sounds like so he may not hear this email for a while for a while four hours Do you just to uh, get slow down or speed up podcasts based on how much you enjoy them i will say i listen to 99 percent of podcasts on 2x 2x there's a music wow no but 2x for me is really one and a half it's the old 2x so it's it's one and a half. It's like one point four x. What are you on the metric system? What is no? That? The, I have like an old iPod that hasn't died yet. So their two x is like one point five or one point four x. Um, I could go a little faster. Uh, they're like I think literally when Mike Francesa went on Bill Simmons, I listened to one x because I want to like savor it. Yeah. Uh, and and like I should have listened on one x when uh oh I did when the when the Doughboys and Hollywood Handbook met that that was the other time I listened on one x. Yeah. Sometimes if I don't have anything else, like I think that probably most recently, I think when Mike McCagnin was on with Mike Francesa and mm-hmm. I had, you know, there was like half an hour until uh, my kids had to go to bed and I had to uh, play with them for half an hour. I said, OK, all right, uh, Mike and Mike, bring me home. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, if you're on like a drive or something like that, but I my normal listening speed is one and a quarter. What's really frustrating is I'm on my desktop all day long because I, I work from home and I, I listen to podcasts sometimes, but there's really no 2x podcast thing unless it's like there's also unless you could find it on YouTube, which 90 percent of podcasts are not on YouTube, at least um, there's really like iTunes does not have a 2x system. Mm. it's crazy yeah like you should be allowed to listen like i would really you know be i have like 20 podcasts in my queue at all times i feel like i cleared out yeah if i could listen on 2x should your dvr have a speed function should you be able to watch recorded tv shows at 1.5 uh can you not once it's dvr already you can fast forward commercials but you can't watch the oh. show at 1.5 yeah. speed like you can't binge watch oh okay I've got all of Westworld on my DVR. Let me watch it at 1.5. Yeah, but I have not started watching the TV uh, on I, 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 Nick Weiger from Doughboys actually like had a few tweets about this recently where it's like, it's insane to like, what the, what's the purpose? Is the purpose to enjoy the show or is it to just say like, I finished this and I'm binging that and now I'm done with that. And I know there's a ridiculous amount of media and content now that like, it's hard to like, you're overwhelmed with how many shows there are. Or like, you know, I subscribe like seven. I don't listen to 70 podcasts, but I definitely subscribe to like 70 podcasts. You know, it's there's all they're like coming at you. They have to like fend them off. So mm-hmm. uh, but if the idea is to enjoy them, 
podcasts are fine, I think, at two speed, but like TV shows are really not. There's so much music in TV shows. They're really not meant to be listened to or to be watched. I mean, at like one and a half or double speed. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I've certainly rewatched Survivor episodes at like one point three. Yeah, but that's that's like when you're doing homework. That's like skipping through homework that I understand. Yeah. Um, And YouTube videos, I'll definitely watch it like one. Yeah, but that. yeah, Yeah, for sure. Okay. Dan the Benefactor. Jerry sarcastically says that George was integral to the Yankees winning the World Series, which made him wonder. Is it crazy that for George to take credit for any of the Yankees' success? He meets with Steinbrenner all the time. He helps get El Duque from Cuba. He chats with the players from time to time in addition to doing the duties of his actual job, which we've never really seen him do. Maybe he is an integral part of the Yankee organization. Was El Duque part of the 96 Yankees? No, no. Listen, Dan is, Dan is an NL fan. He's not much of an AL guy. Okay. Um, so should we give George any credit for the success of the 96 Yankees? I mean, uh, he did have a lot of meetings with Steinbrenner, but did those meetings bear any fruit? No, I mean, I don't even know if Steinbrenner gets credit for the 96 Yankees, but, but I mean, the, the assistant of the traveling secretary would get a ring. Like George gets a ring. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't think he deserves any credit. I'm trying to think of anything he did last year, which really made the Yankees successful. I can't think of anything. I mean, the uniforms hurt them, right? So that like, yeah. like cost them a game. But was that the 95, uh, 96? No, yeah, that was the 95 Yankees. Yeah. That was the 95 Yankees, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, Amir wants to ask the great former guest of the Seinfeld Post Show recap. Uh, by the logic of this episode, shouldn't a large portion of professional baseball players be genius nerds? What do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, right. The, the, if you understand physics, like the best baseball player should be Stephen Hawking, basically. <laughs> well... I think that uh, the oh yeah he's he's British right forget yes. it. I take it back yeah um but but yeah I agree the, and I think there's I, probably a Lou Gehrig's uh, disease joke in there somewhere but we that's no not the kind we, of humor we're we classy do on this we're classy no no no, yes. no 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 yes um and also by the transitive property Amir then uh, a lot of these baseball players from what I understand are having a lot of the intercourse and I thought that that would make <laughs> them even dumber yeah. <laughs> That's true. So, I don't know. Uh, I get that the scene's a funny idea, plus a way to get in some Yankee cameos, but George's new home run skills don't make any sense. Also, yeah, then uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard, Keeve. You would think that he'd be an even better football player. It's true. Yeah, um, yeah it doesn't work. Yeah. Without getting into too much detail, couldn't Elaine solve her issue by not being a master of her domain? Yeah, that's Amir's thinking the same thing. Yeah, and he knows. He says, we're incredibly, incredibly knowledgeable about women. <laughs> would that have clean? Would that have cleared the garbage bags from her brain? I, I need to go ask my wife about this right after the podcast is over. Uh, okay. And then, while the George and Elaine parts are incredibly funny, aren't their plot lines essentially the same of that in the opposite? Except that the writers replace success with intellect. Yeah, it is kind of a flip of that scenario. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where Elaine uh, was going to—I I don't know exactly what happened to Elaine. That George was going to do the opposite, and then um, then bad things just happened to Elaine. Why did bad things happen to Elaine in that episode? Uh, why were bad things happening? I'm, I don't remember. Yeah. In late <laughs> at night. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Keeve, I see that you flagged a famous quotation. Mm -hmm. yeah, can you read it? It says, I always knew that after I became a doctor, I would dump whoever I was with and find someone better. That's the dream of becoming a doctor. Yeah. Who said that quote? Uh, that you have attributed that to Ben in the abstinence in 1996 and Dr. Jen Chester in 2017. Hopefully. All right. Thanks. That was the mailbag, guys. <laughs> Uh, Keith, what do you think for the hashtag? Is it bangry? Yeah, if you're fine with that, that's fine with me. It's fine. That's fine. It's not even a real word. Okay. No. Um, all right. Good stuff. Keith, what's coming up next week? Oh, next week we got the Andrea Doria. 
Yes. Okay. That's an episode that I really don't have a lot of recollection about. Yeah. Well, you'll remember it when you see it. There, we got the bad breaker uppers and we got George haggling for a apartment by really going deep into his into his sorrows. It's really one of my favorite George episodes of the whole series. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we'll talk about that coming up next week. Uh, Keeve, I saw I refreshed my podcast as we were recording. I saw a new 32 fans has dropped. Yeah, well, I, this I'm I'm on a podcast doubleheader right now. I I got right out of 32 fans, came right to you. This says you did the. This is far less combative. Yeah. This is far less combative than that one. Baseball and football Hall of Fame ballots. Now, yeah, we 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 gave our Hall of Famers baseball, football, and we made our picks for uh, the NFL conference championship. Now, who do you think <laughs> will be reinstated first, Pete Rose into Major League Baseball or Chester back into the feedback segment of the Seinfeld Post Show recap? No, he's reinstated. Uh, he oh. can come back whenever he wants. He just didn't send an email? Yeah, I, I mean, I think we, we got our signals crossed. I think the, there was too much garbage in our brains. I think that he, uh, I, I banned him, but I, I think I got mixed up with the podcast and like a fight we had on the other podcast I got missed, but he's welcome to come back. He, I don't know if he's oh. protesting. We'll find that uh, next week. Uh, such huge news. Yeah. If he wants to come back, he, I mean, I, I was just mean to him again and was I'm act openly rooting for him to get divorced. But other than that, he can come back if he wants. <laughs> All right. Keith. <laughs> uh, you follow the great Akiva Winokur on Twitter. He is at Keeve 26. Still I'm short of a thousand followers. Yes. All right. You're closing in. <laughs> yeah. I'm By the end of the run, you'll get there. Oh, I should hope so. 40 more of these. One follower a week. I'll be there. One follower a week. We can make it happen. At Keeve 26. Of course, you could leave us feedback in the iTunes store. Go to postshowrecaps.com slash Seinfeld iTunes. Uh, Big props to Scott St. Pierre, who's counting down the days until the end of the Seinfeld post-show recap. Only uh, how many are left to do? We got after this one, we got 36 more. Not 36, 36 more. So it's all it's all happening. Thanks to Mike Moore, who does the recap of the Seinfeld post-show recap on the website. Keith, anything else? No, I'm looking forward to the Andrew Dorian next week. Thanks again to all of our great listeners. Uh, we always appreciate the very nice feedback uh, we get about this show. Uh, probably nicer than we deserve, Keith. Uh, yeah, nicer than we deserve, but you know, listen, we're, we're working hard for it, at least. We're working hard for it. Okay. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye.